welcome to the Scotsman Podcast. I have just returned to my home in Davis County from the Spectrum, where Utah State defeated Boise State, held them off, made 15 of 16 free throws in the final six minutes of the game to put it away. Also avenging that loss, that horrible, horrible loss up in Boise State that everybody wants to forget about, but I just reminded you of. But they got their revenge. I realize that there has been a little bit of a hiatus in the Scotsman podcast, and I do sincerely apologize for it. I'm not going to make any excuses, and I'll be perfectly frank. The reason it's been a few months since I've last done a podcast is basically my job takes up a lot of time, and trying to get a podcast once or twice a week was um, a little tricky, and I felt that the quality of the podcast was suffering, so I have waited a couple months. I've waited till things have calmed down, and I've waited till I figured some stuff out with my schedule and worked this podcast into it to bring it back. And luckily enough, the timing of it all, I, I, I wanted to bring it back in February, and this kind of worked out that the first episode coming back to this Scotsman is a one-on-one with Sam Merrill. Now, Sam had a chance to eclipse 2,000 points tonight, but he did fall a little short, mostly because of some very interesting officiating in tonight's game against Boise State. He ended up being six points short, but I had already set up the one-on-one with him. Uh, This particular one-on-one, it is going to be a podcast. It is also going to be on Sports Beat Sunday. This podcast is coming out late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, so it'll be on Sports Beat Sunday tomorrow night at 1045 on KSL. Uh, it'll also be on kslsports.com. You'll also hear snippets throughout the week because I guarantee he's going to score more than six points against Colorado State unless the refs took a look. The crew officiating Tuesday night's game took a look at the uh, tonight's game and said, you know what? We can do better. We can foul him out in the first half. Just a big shout-out to Sam Merrill. Late game. The game went long because of so many fouls, 49 in total. But he stuck around till 11.30 to record this podcast with me. Great guy. We talk about a number of number of topics. We talk about the game. We talk about uh, a little bit about uh, him sitting for that long stretch. And um, it's it's honestly outside of him being injured the first time he's ever sat for that long. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about uh, kind of the pressure of 2,000 points and what it was like coming into that game. We talk, we talk about his legacy at Utah State and kind of a uh, few of the things he went through. So I don't uh, want to make this intro too long. So with, uh, with no more hesitation and without further ado, I give you Sam Merrill. I've watched you for most of your career. I'm not sure I've seen you sit for a stretch of six-plus minutes before. Is that is that a first-year recollection, too? Yeah, aside from the couple games that I've missed with injury, that was that was different. Um, yeah, like I, I've always I've averaged like 35 minutes for my career, so sitting there and, and watching with, with the guys that don't play as much, um, it was, yeah, it was definitely different. And then I went up on the bike to get loose for – probably about three or four minutes and um just watched from like 
from the stands perspective, and man, it was it was different for sure. For someone like you, is that is that about as frustrating as it can get to watch, especially a game like Boise State, where you guys are fighting so hard to keep atop in the Mountain West standings? I, is that about as frustrated as you've been watching a game before? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, anytime you get into foul trouble like that, it's uh, it is frustrating for sure. But you know, I thought our guys did a really good job. Um, when I was out, and specifically, obviously, Nimi and, and Diogo made some big plays as well. So, you know, I'm just sitting there hoping that, that me being on the bench because of my fouls, whether I agreed with them or not, I'm just sitting there hoping it doesn't affect us. And our guys did a good job of, of holding on to the lead. What kind of things specifically did you see your guys do with you out of the game? It's, it's just not something that they're used to, not having you on the floor. Um, how did you see them step up, and what, what kind of things were were they doing uh, a couple weeks ago in practice I think getting ready for the UNLV game last week coach Smith did a thing where he to get ready for their pressure and their pressing we went four on five so our the guys that were playing four and then five scout team and he, he mentioned that during that time like the guys really came together because when you're at a, a disadvantage like that not to pump myself up but when you're at a disadvantage like that or when you know, I'm, I'm always out on the court, so like guys are used to playing with me when I'm off the court like that. Um, I just thought they did a really good job of, of first off, getting the ball to Nimi, and that's you know whether I'm on the court or not. That's what we got to do, get the ball to Nimi because he's so good. But I thought they did a good job of moving the ball, uh, making plays for each other, and you see what those guys could do. Abel had a couple really good drives. Diogo had a couple. Sean as well, and Brock made a big three. So um, I'm proud of those guys for what they did. So what? So what do you do? in a situation like that where you're not able to contribute out on the floor, what kind of things are you doing on the bench? Just trying to stay engaged, um, stay stay loose. Like I said, I went up on the bike for a little bit, stay loose. Um, but we have a great bench, and those guys do a really good job of, of talking to our guys out on the court, of talking a little bit of trash when they need to. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not like a super exciting guy, so I have to adjust to, to the bench <laughs> life. But um, just trying to stay engaged and, and help the team in any way I can. Can you keep up with the trash talk coming from the other guys? Are you as good as them? No, that's <laughs> definitely not. An art form. Maybe I would do it if I was better at it, but... <laughs> Just need more reps. Yeah. You need to get more foul trouble more yeah. often. Uh, with, a, uh, with a game like this, with an atmosphere like this, celebrating the spectrum, celebrating you know, Wayne Estes, as it was, a chance for you to eclipse a 2,000-point mark. Just tell me what... What kind of feeling was coming into this game for you? You're, you know, with you, with your own—I don't want to call it pressure because I don't think it's pressure ne- necessarily, but kind of the expectations coming into a game like this. How was how was the team feeling coming in, and how were you feeling coming in? You know, I think we did a really good job as a team of preparing for the game, just like any other game. Um, to be honest, we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen as far as like all the festivities until today, when when coach explained it to us a little bit. Me personally. Um, I was a little bit nervous um, just because I didn't want to come out and miss shots and people be like, oh, he's thinking about it or, or anything like that. But as soon as the game got going, I, I was really feeling it. <laughs> I felt really, really confident, made my first shot, made my first few shots. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to do it at home, but at the same time, I, I don't really care as long as we, as long as we got the win, which we did. So uh, that's the most important it's such a unique benchmark for a player to get to. Have you ever experienced that kind of pressure, so to speak, before? Can you ever remember on the basketball court feeling something like that? 
I've played in bigger games than this, obviously, and our crowd was fantastic tonight. Um, but obviously, I've played in bigger games, and um, for the most part, I've, I've played pretty well in big games. Like you think back to our Nevada game last year, that felt like like that was a big time game, and, and the NCAA tournament game, and the conference championship last year. So um, I don't think this was up there, but there was definitely some something different to it with with the personal stuff that was that was going into it. You know, speaking of that personal stuff coming up, it's your senior year, been here four years. You've been a contributor, I mean, a big part of the Aggie program every year you've been here. You've played for a couple of coaches. Can you talk a little bit about what each coach has kind of brought to you to ha- kind of help you get to this point? Because it's hard to get to this point alone, obviously, as you admit, but, you know, everybody kind of brings a unique thing. What are some of the things you've, you've learned from the guys that have been your coach well it's it's been an incredible experience um it's finally these last few days it's finally started to hit me that it's about to end and there's very little time left but um with the two coaching staffs that i've had um i'm so grateful for for i could go through every single coach and 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 tell something that they've they've helped me with um but the the previous staff you know i was a young kid uh, not super young because i'm a return missionary (laughs) but a young player, and um, I had never. I, I was fortunate to grow up with like with some really good friends that were also very good athletes. So I've always been on good teams, football, basketball, baseball, you name it. Like I've been lucky just to be on always good teams. So my freshman year, when we weren't very good, it was hard. But um, each of those coaches, my freshman and sophomore year, helped me get through that and helped me grow as a player. And then Coach Smith and the staff here is just helped me take my game to another level and um, has, has really made these last two years very, very enjoyable. Is there a teammate that stands out to you that maybe has helped you along maybe a little bit more, whether it's like in a mentor, mentorship or, or even helping you with a skill or, you know, just being a friend on or off the court? Has there someone who stuck out to you over these four years at Utah State? Well, I could talk about Abel, who's been my best friend since we were like 12 um, and we we know each other better than anybody um, and and we can talk about anything basketball wise for hours um, but aside from Abel I've come really close to Diogo um, just being here these four years together and Diogo hardly played as a freshman and a lot of guys especially nowadays when they don't play as freshmen they just transfer and and that's the easy way out and Diogo decided that he wanted to to work and to get better and he's improved so much over these few years and he's so competitive and I'm so competitive and um, we you know we just we we developed a really good relationship on and off the court and um, I'm I'm extremely grateful for him so you don't get to almost 2,000 points not quite yet but along the way you've got to have a couple of favorite points maybe not your favorite point but there are definitely some memorable points. Could you take us through maybe a couple that are memorable to you to get to 2,000? Um, I'd have to think about that. My first points, I remember those at Irvine my freshman year. They were the only two points I scored that game. Um, I think they went, they went into a zone. I caught the ball on the right wing. It was on the road, but. Um, and just split the zone, hit a little 10-foot floater. Um, so that's obviously important, your first points as an athlete. Um, wow. I think 
that shot that I hit against LSU this year was was fun just because it was a culmination of what we had done as a team, um, being down 19 and being able to make a run like that and um, being able to celebrate that win with my teammates was awesome. Um, let's see, let's think of one more. And a shot against Boise my sophomore year in the conference tournament. Um, I had, I had, I think 25 with like 12 minutes left in the game, and then didn't score until until the very end. We were up one with 40 seconds left, and Coach Durier called a play for me and came off a, a double stagger, which Boise State runs um, for Jessup, who's a good good shooter as well, and um, hit that shot. And we ended up winning the game and making it to the semis. So those are three of the memorable shots, I guess. And. You know, kind of as it's winding down for you, man. How do you, how do you hope you're remembered here? What's your legacy? Because you're entering a realm of one of the all-time great Utah State Aggies. Um, you know, whether you you feel like you are or not, that's that's how people will always perceive you. What what do you hope that Aggie fans remember about Sam Merrill? Um, I'm just I just hope they remember that I was that I played a small part in helping Utah State get back to where Utah State is, um, which is a a high-level mid-major program and a team that's year in and year out competing for the NCAA tournament. I don't think it's so so hard for a mid-major to make the tournament, um, especially in a, in a solid league like the Mountain West. Like things have got to go right. And uh, my first two years were, like I said, were tough. Um, but I just hope they remember that you know I I gave I have given it. Um, still got some more time, but I I've given it everything I had to Utah State. Um, and as, as many people know, I grew up a Utah State fan, <clears throat> loved coming to games as a kid. Um, and when people talk about the teams in the early 2000s and the late 2000s, there's like a certain level of just respect for every single one of those guys, whether they were really good or not. And I have that same respect for those guys, and I hope that um, when I'm done here that <clears> – <throat> People could talk the same way about me and about Diogo and Abel and all us seniors. Um, and I think we've put ourselves in a position to be talked like that. Thank you again to Sam Merrill, and thank you to you for downloading this podcast. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating, even though I know it's only a four-star podcast at best most of the time. Check out all of the content we have at kslsports.com. If you're not an Aggie fan, I'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast, but if you're not, we have plenty of other from the other from all of the teams from across the strait, whether you're a BYU fan, Utah fan, or a Utah Jazz fan, or an RSL fan. Hemahe Mooley and Tom Hackett just went to New York this past week to uh, the unveiling of the new uh, Real Salt Lake kits for the season. A lot of fun. There's a lot of content from them on the on the website. And Watch Sportsbeat Sunday on KSL and Sportsbeat Saturday and KSL Sports on KSL 5 News every weeknight at 10 o'clock. We usually come on around 10.24. I probably shouldn't tell you that because you should watch the whole newscast, but if you're only interested in sports, that's about when we come on. You should also download the KSL Sports app. We have just updated it, and it is sleek, and it is awesome. Why aren't you downloading it? Download it right now. In fact, stop this podcast right now. I don't care if it's towards the end. You stop it right now. You go download that podcast. Wait, did I just say podcast? I meant app. Well, okay. Download the app. Then download. You can listen to this podcast on that app. Cut out the middleman. 
Get all your local content on that app. It's in one place. Or if I say please, will you do it? Please do it as a favor to me. That's it for tonight. Thanks again for downloading the podcast for the Sagebrush Crows. Thank you.